Welcome to Because That's What Heroes Do, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm back with Megan Doherty to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We are doing Loki Season 2. It is a rollicking, great show, lots of action, some fabulous sci-fi. Of course, Loki the Trickster and Tom Hiddleston, the actor who plays him in all his glory. Owen Wilson also co-stars, and the repartee between the two of them is first rate. I know you'll enjoy Megan and my exploration of Loki Season 2. Take up the show from several angles. From the societal angle, from the social justice angle, from the MCU angle, and perhaps even from the compliance angle. But if you're an MCU fan or you're a compliance fan, I know you will enjoy our exploration of Loki Season 2. Today we consider Episode 3, 1893. I know you'll enjoy this episode of Loki Season 2 because that's what heroes do. We begin this episode as Miss Minutes and Renslayer traveled to Chicago, 1868, to secretly drop the TVA guidebook to a young Victor Timely, a variant of He Who Remains, who informed Miss Minutes about this plan before his death. They then traveled to 1893 to the Chicago World's Fair on a branch timeline where Loki and Mobius arrived tracking Renslayer's Tempad. There, they see Timely presenting his temporal, time, temporal loom prototype. Timely then has four groups chasing him, Loki and Mobus, who they want to use him to fix, his aura rather, to fix the time loom, Renslayer and Miss Minutes, who want him to take the variant's place with them at his side, Sylvie, who still wants to kill him to prevent his rise to power, and an 1893 robber baron, indeed racist robber baron, who, and his allies wanting revenge against Timely's fake invention scam. At Timely's Wisconsin laboratory, he turns Miss Minutes off after she professes romantic love for him. Renslayer, Loki, Mobius, and Sylvie arrive with Sylvie gaining control. Seeing Timely's fear, Sylvie allows Loki to take him back to the TVA, then sends Renslayer to the Citadel at the end of time with Miss Minutes being brought along. They see he who remains as a decaying corpse. As Miss Minutes reveals, she knows a secret about Renslayer, which we will note out here in another episode. Megan, 1893, what were your initial What a great year. If I could go back in time, Chicago World's Fair 1983 would definitely be a place that I would like to go. That would have been so interesting to see. 1893, not 1983. My bad. The one with the really big shoulders. (laughs) Uh, I loved the opening, Mm -hmm. like the opening opening, um, because the fire is obviously a, a cultural mark. Said in every American's mind, we learn about Mrs. O'Leary's cow, his little children. Um, so that certainly is a marker that we all know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I love the way they teased us. I we know the book means, or we know something's in there. It looks like it's a book. We know it means something. 
Um, and I think most of us are aware that this uh, young African-American male is probably Kang. We don't know for sure, but probably Kang, which means something delicious is about to happen. And that's where 1893 is so delicious mm -hmm. because we see the flowering of him receiving the TVA book. And the, uh, first of all, the exposition is just hugely another cultural icon in American history, uh, that event, uh, Chicago at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, it, it, I really thought, if I closed my eyes, I, I could almost see Howard Jarvis uh, <laughs> doing that. And mm -hmm. um, it turns out that that may not have been too far off, that there may be some Howard uh, Jar uh, uh, Howard Stark, not Howard Jarvis, Howard Stark, Tony Stark, uh, interminglings with Kang at some point. So uh, that may Fun be idea. down the road. But yeah, how, I, I could see Howard Stark from sort of the 30s and, and the er, early Howard Stark we saw in the first Captain America. Uh, that kind of Howard Stark would mm -hmm. have been so cool, not the Howard Stark of Endgame. Um, but um, I just love that scene. I love all of those sorts of Edison, Tesla demonstrations at those World's Fair. Fraudulent or not, I don't care. <laughs> Um, when I was, uh, in uh, fourth grade, uh, so I grew up going to church and I still remember our fourth grade Sunday school teacher saying something to, to the effect that Einstein, one of Einstein's theories, I think special relativity proved that the energy released by Abraham Lincoln when he gave the Gettysburg address still existed. We just hadn't been able to capture it. And so, for me, that has fascinated energy, electricity, and seeing all of those cool things, whether they're cool or not, uh, going forward. So, it really, uh, that sort of uh, presentation at a World's Fair or exposition, I think exactly is what happened. And him, uh, then it turns out, maybe less scientist than <clears throat> business person, and uh, as we might say, American business person, uh, <laughs> certainly not Canadian business person, being the Queen's guard and all that you all are or were. Uh, then we definitely uh, were. <laughs> except in Quebec. It's, it's true. But uh, so it turns out he's a huckster and he's just uh, getting this, uh, putting this up to, to sell it. But it was, a, I thought, a, a logical extension of what we saw in the opening scene from 1868 forward because uh, Victor Timely, and you know, could not have asked for a better name, um, took that book and developed it up to that point. But you could see where, once again, it's not clear if the Victor Timely becomes Kang or he who remains, but certainly a variant within the multiverse world. And I know I've run on a lot there, so what were your thoughts? Well, I liked uh, a lot about it too. So, I mean, uh, the the world, like the book delivery scene, where Renslayer and Miss Minutes are kind of talking about, you know, this is the plan. This is the thing that needs to be done. This is what's going to fix everything. I thought it was just really interesting. I loved the tiny little detail. Victor Timely, it looked like, was making candles uh, in in his home. I thought that was a, a really fun little detail. Uh, and then when they come back to the World's Fair, um, I, I'd been thinking a lot about like, what is this? Uh, 
it was jarring, wasn't it, to see Miss Minutes kind of operating in the world, so outside of the time appropriate to her animation style of the TVA. I thought that was really fascinating. Um, one thing I thought was really interesting, which kind of I think comes up again and again for Kang was when he was doing his demonstration and he had all of these business people kind of bidding is like, you know, I want to be your partner. I want to take, you know, buy the patent rights and we'll, we'll work together. And he's just like, partner, no, but he was perfectly happy to sell the machine without you kind of agreeing to any partnership. And I think that comes up again later. I'm sure we'll get to this point when, um, Ms. Minutes is talking about her desire for different things in terms of her relationship with, uh, with he who remains or Victor timely. Um, isn't he just the most charming little character, Victor Timely? What a nice guy. Who would think he would become the lord and ruler of all creation? I thought he was charming. I have to say I didn't see that one coming, Megan. Uh, charming? Well, like, like, sort of a... Sort of a bumbling scientist type. Yeah, I bet that would be yes, really awkward uh, at a, a dinner party and would talk your ear off. And, but, true. you know, who knows what lurks. Out of, what lurks. What I love was... Um, uh, Miss Manners uh, and the um, how she used I would say physical form but it, I guess it was just visual to really uh, she facilitated him getting away but she used it in a conscious way which I had not expected her uh, to be able to do and it showed true independence of thought and really an evolution in her, and we're going to get to that evolution as we move towards the end of this episode. Um, but Renslayer reappears, and she and uh, Miss Manners are um, trying to get Timely slash Kang um, back to the TBA, and of course Loki and Mobius are trying to get him back to the TBA for their own reasons. Um, so all of this... That that part to me felt almost slapstick-ish, but it was not played for comedy. The, the music um, choice was very uh, it was really like really like caper music you would have heard from the thirties right. or forties. I loved it. So um, then uh, we move to the escape from Chicago and mm-hmm. the um, World's Fair, or it was actually the Columbia Exposition was the proper title, and. Uh, Renslayer is dumped in Lake Michigan, and that surprised me a little bit, but it showed a side of Kang we hadn't, or timely, I should say, Victor, we hadn't seen I, yet. So, okay. I will point out, this was just after she had said she was very excited about their partnership. Yes, <laughs> yes. And he ended their partnership. He did. Began. The he classic did. lifeboat move. Kids today just ghost. <laughs> No class. And so we get to his um, uh, laboratory, which is just delicious. And um, I'm sorry, I've said Miss Manners twice. It's Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes. Yes. Um, but Sylvie arrives. And Sylvie, God bless her, in addition to just wanting to sell Big Macs, she wants to kill Kang. And uh, she doesn't care which variant. She doesn't care if he's a bumbling but cute and charming scientist or an evil warlord. She wants that sword to run th- right through him. So I'm beginning to sense kind of obsession here uh, with her. And it puts Mobius and Loki in the position of trying to protect him from her. 
uh, while Miss Minutes uh, is also doing the same. But that led to a really interesting scene between Miss Minutes and Victor, which was she professes romantic feelings for him. Now, she's an AI created by him. So we'll start with that. Um, going back to, um, if I can be so bold, data and law, uh, if you remember law, um, I think that's reasonable for an AI to evolve in that way. She pointed out correctly that they were together through eons of time. And um, so I thought that was a, a really interesting little twist that they would have, you know, basically, I, I always go back to, what do I think of the computer who wants to become a person? Well, it's Pinocchio. Well, she's a girl, not a boy. But she wants to become human so she can experience human love. And I think that's where this is going. Even if you don't believe that, she professes romantic feelings for him. Um, he doesn't seem to me to be one who really has romantic partners of any sort, just like he doesn't have business partners. Um, so she may be barking up a, a tree there, but what were your thoughts around that? Really interesting to kind of just thinking about Miss Minutes and her desire for a body, so specifically. Uh, and that was how kind of one thing, you know, she had this huge power, you know, massive computational ability, um, but couldn't have any kind of physical sensation of being in a body. And I wonder how much she conflated the desire for that with the desire for romantic love. Uh, and I wonder kind of how those things were interested. I thought that was really, really interesting. Uh, and I think, yeah, any anyone who gets too close or asks too much of he who remains is uh, going to quickly, quickly be... Um, if not eliminated, if not eliminated or dispatched, at least um, put out of the way, where they can no longer be causing any trouble or difficulty. There's the the underlying ego there, uh, I guess, is what is required to become Lord and Master of all of time. Uh, yes, and he turns off Miss Minutes, and uh, then uh, Sylvie allows Loki and Mobius to take uh, timely back. TVA in an interestingly move, interesting move, she sends Renslayer to the Citadel at the end of time with Miss Manners. God, I'm sorry, Miss <laughs> Minutes, and um, uh, they see he who remains decaying corpse as Miss Minutes uh, lays the foundation for something I think is going to be delicious, which is she knows a secret about Renslayer. Um, you may know the answer to that. I don't at this point, but I just loved that uh, as well. In addition to now, we have him back at the TVA, and who knows what havoc he will. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a one thing that was a bit of a question for me in the episode is is um, I guess Sylvie must not have known that Renslayer had a tempad with Miss Minutes access because otherwise, sending her to the Citadel at the end of time was a rather ineffective final solution for her. <laughs> Because she can just go back to the TVA. Um, but no, I, I agree with you, and I won't um, uh, spoil the delicious information that will make Renslayer very, very angry that we were teased with at the end of the episode. Um, I thought kind of everyone's kind of shifting motivation throughout this episode was really interesting. So you've got, um, you know, Mobius and Loki who need the time aura of Victor Timely in order to fix the time loom to save the multiple timelines. 
You've got Renslayer and Minutes, who had been working so hard to try and get the sacred timeline reestablished under control of um, uh, He Who Remains. And then you've got Victor Timely, uh, kind of the, the original, uh, you know, uh, He Who Remains before he remained. Uh, so that was just really, and he just wanted to make some money. He just wanted to make a buck. Well, I, actually, I think you hit it on the head uh, and crystallized my thinking. This was a caper show. It was a caper episode. And Great the, certainly the costumes, the period piece, the bumbling scientists, the uh, chase by the bad guys slash robber barons, the uh, Miss, Miss Minutes uh, using her visual form to scare people off, uh, the escape And then to, to look sexy as a cartoon. Escape. A little weird. Uh, well, I didn't find it weird. Uh, <laughs> but I'm a boy, so, you know, you can just chalk it up to that. Um, the, um, But, yeah, it was a great caper. It, it had so many different elements that were touched on and so much fun. We saw some great banter with uh, Loki and Mobius again. Mm. Uh, they, there's a real chemistry between those two actors that I've really enjoyed. I'm, I'm beginning to sense a chemistry. It, I don't. Um, I didn't. I don't want to say an inverse chemistry, but I mean a chemistry with Sylvie, recognizing her single-minded focus that she wants to kill Kang, mm-hmm. and that it's like, oh, she's back. No, 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 little sister, don't do this. You're going to get in solid trouble. Uh, yeah, I really but, uh, enjoyed this she, episode. She yeah, she she let him go with Mobius she, and Loki. So. Yeah. So uh, all in all, uh, for me, just a ton of fun. I agree. And uh, whether you call it Back to the Future Loki or whether you call it the Loki Caper episode (laughs) or uh, something else, uh, I I highly recommend. Final thoughts, Megan? No, I think you just about uh, covered everything. This uh, this is a good one, and I'm really excited to uh, talk about episode four. Well, uh, I am Tom Fox. I'm Megan Doherty. See you next time. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Because That's What Heroes Do. I hope you'll join Megan and I as we explore all six episodes of Loki Season 2. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review wherever great podcasts are listened to. Because That's What Heroes Do is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.